Second, Second Timothy chapter one, I want to take you there. And honestly, it's because of one line. There is one line in Second Timothy chapter one that I want to invite you into. And it's where Paul says to Timothy, his son in the faith, right? He says to him, he says, fan into flame the gift of God in you. Fan into flame the gift of God in you. Because here's the thing, y'all. God does have gifts for you. God does have gifts for you. There's a line that Paul said in Philippians. He said, he who began this good work and you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. God's not done with you. God is still at work in you. And there really is this piece where you need to receive from God's hand what he has in mind for you. One of the most tragic things I see is people who know that they know Jesus and yet they live with areas of such defeat and despair in their lives that they can't seem to crawl out from under. And and, and so I was asking the Lord, I was asking the Lord, I said, what is it that you have in mind that that you would have us take home with us this Sunday, is there something, is there a word? Is there, is there something you want to speak to us? And, and honestly, God's been really kind lately. I've been asking him that question and, and, and he keeps answering. So like, like one week, the Lord told me, tell, tell my sons and daughters, tell them I love you so crazy much. I don't know if you remember that, but I, I just felt like God told me to tell you, he loves you so crazy much. And there was another time I felt like the Lord said, just, just, tell, just tell the people you're not alone. And there were people that came up to me after and they said, you know what, I needed, I so needed to hear that because I felt so isolated, so alone. I mean, in this room on any given Sunday, there are people who, because of what you brought in here with you, because of the baggage, because of the burdens of the week, you come in and sometimes nobody else around you knows what you've been through this week. Nobody else around you knows what the enemy is at work in your life who's you know, seeking to steal and kill and destroy. Nobody else knows what's going on in your life and you can feel in this crowd, you can feel so alone and the Lord wants you to know you're not alone and you are incredibly loved. And, and, and honestly, I'm praying that this week and I'm saying, I just heard, receive, receive. I mean, I know it's Christmas time, right? Receive. You know, and we give and we give and we give. But the Lord, I think the Lord has got this word for you. Receive, receive. In fact, it's, a, it's actually a really powerful word in Greek, and I don't mean to get all seminary on you, but, but in Greek, it's, it's, it's a word not only for saying somebody places a gift in your hand and you say, thank you very much, and you, you know, set it aside. It's a word to actually take and open that gift. It, it, it's a word to, Bryce read us that, that line from, from John chapter one. They, they didn't, they didn't, the light came into the world and the world did not overcome it, did not comprehend it. You know what? It's, it's the word catalambano. They didn't receive it. They didn't take it. They didn't seize it and hold it for their own. They didn't treasure it. I got to tell you, there's so so every year we have this we have this party with the deacons and the staff of the church and spouses and we come together. You know, Zach, we have the the crazy white elephant gifts and it's it's nuts. I mean, it's more people that can actually fit in our house and we you know bring extra chairs in and there's people sitting on the floor and it's always it's always a blast. There's a lot of laughter. One year, Doug Gutshaw actually acted out the twelve days of Christmas and the Lord's the leaping thing. I just wish somebody had caught it on camera, but. But it gets nuts. It gets crazy. But, but the white elephant gift, it's, it's, it's crazy, the things. And one year, I remember this so well, 
I remember this so well. Steph and I, we finally got everybody out of the house and, and we're cleaning up just what we had to get cleaned up, right? And save the rest for the next day. And we're putting some things away. I opened the kitchen cabinets and there's six bottles of Old Spice cologne in the, in the kitchen cabinet. And Herb, I know it was you. I know it was you that left them. In fact, it led to a new rule at the deacon party. Whatever you get, you have to take, right? You don't have to take it home, but it can't stay here, whatever the gift is, right? And so, but it strikes me that there are an awful lot of things that as Christians, 21st century American Christians, that we leave on the table from the Lord. Things that the Lord wants to give us, things that the Lord wants to bless us with, things that would make a difference in your, in your life, in your, in your waking life, your sleeping life, your walking around life, things that would make a difference, and yet we leave them wrapped up, stuck on a shelf. Maybe we're going to re-gift them someday later, but we're not taking them, we're not treasuring them, we're not opening them up and, and clutching them to our hearts. I remember one of the finest gifts, one of the most meaningful gifts I ever received. I wasn't going to tell about it, but I told it in the earlier service, and I'm going to tell you too. It was one of the most powerful gifts I ever received. I was a 12-year-old boy, and my dad got me my first 22 rifle. I remember it so clearly. It was like a Baptist bar mitzvah. I mean, it's, it's, the, passage, it's the passage into manhood. But, it, but, but my father saw some things in me that I didn't see in myself. My father trusted me with something that I didn't know I could be trusted with. My father gave me something that honestly other people in my life perhaps would not have trusted me with, but, but it was given to me and I took it and I treasured it and I, I, had, to, I had to, you know, jack that action, you know, and I had to, I had to polish it and I had to side it in. I had to shoot that thing. I had to take it and make it my own. You know what I'm talking about, Bo. I, I had to receive it. In fact, I treasured it so much it's, it's, it's in the backseat of my truck right now. I could show it to you after service is over. You don't want me to have to get that out. I'm just... But the point is, the point is, God gives us some things that honestly, sometimes I think we just, we're not ready to receive. And there's a tragedy that comes. There's a tragedy that comes when we leave things like that on the table or when we put things like that in a closet and we leave them unopened, untried, unused gifts from God. So let's look at this together, and the team's going to have to help walk me through the slides because my iPad's not working right. But, but here are some questions I want to invite you into growing out of 2 Timothy chapter 1. Question number one, is anyone remembering you? Here's what it says. I thank my God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day I constantly remember you, Timothy, in my prayers. Is there anyone remembering you? No, stay on the questions. Is there anyone remembering you? Is there, anyone that's, is there anyone that's thinking about you when you're not around? I have found that to be an incredibly powerful ministry tool. I really have. Times when someone will, will pick up their phone and shoot me a text. I had a brother that he and I get together on a semi-regular basis. He shot me a text the other day. He said, I was thinking about you this morning because. And I just thought, man, to, to, have, somebody, to have somebody that God puts me on their heart when I'm not in front of them. I got a buddy, I got a buddy that from time to time, I'll just, I'll just get a, a text out of nowhere. He says, hey, thinking about you today, praying for you. That's powerful. That's powerful. I know there are a lot of people in this room right now. The enemy has lied to you and said, you just don't matter very much. 
And can I just tell you, that's a lie. That is a lie from the pit of hell. You do matter. But it feels sometimes like nobody remembers. Is anyone remembering you? Let me ask you this. What has grown cold in your heart? Paul says to his son Timothy, his son in the faith, he says, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. There's this picture, right? It's a picture of a fire. You get it. You get it. You've tried to light a fire before. You've tried to start a fire, right? And you have to blow on it. And you have to fan it, right? And if it burns down, you, you give it fresh fuel and, and maybe you have to fan it again to, to get it to flame back up. Dying embers, right? You know why Paul had to say that to Timothy? I want to urge you to fan into flame the gift of God that's in you because there was something about the gift that was placed in Timothy that honestly was in danger of burning out or growing cold. And Paul says, no, man, you've got a stewardship in this. You've got, you've got to have some skin in this game too. There's a part that you get to play in fanning into flame what God is at work to do in you. Let me ask you this. Can you trust God with the gifts that he's given you? There's this line that comes later in the passage. It says, I know whom I have believed, and I'm convinced that he is able to keep what I've entrusted to him until that day. Can you trust God with this? Because some of us have had dreams and, and calls on our life and and visions and missions that, that we felt like God was stirring in our hearts when we were kids, just kids. But a lot of water's gone under the bridge between then and now. And maybe you tell yourself, well, I don't know if that's still a thing. Can you trust God? Can you trust God with what he has entrusted to you? So let's look at it together. We're going to start here in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1. Let's start at, at verse 3. It says, I thank my God whom I serve as my ancestors did with a clear conscience as night and day I, I constantly remember you in my prayers, recalling your tears. And I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. And I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and then in your mother Eunice and I'm persuaded it now lives in you also. And I want you to fan into flame the gift that's been placed in you. It's, it's, like Paul is saying, it's like Paul saying, I know what's in you, man. I think that's one of the incredible opportunities that, that we get to have. I think it's one of the things that sort of marks the, the role that we have as people on staff at the church. Jason, Jack, Mindy, Amanda, me, Ethan. We, we, we get to see things in people and call out gifts in people that they may not even see in themselves quite yet. We get to believe things for you that you may have a hard time believing for yourself. I see where God's at work. I see what God's doing in your marriage. I see what God's doing in your parenting. I see what God is at work to do through your career. I see what God is doing as you're pouring yourself out and sacrificing on behalf of your children. I see what God is at work to do, and I, and I just want to encourage you to just fan that into flame. Maybe you're kind of like Timothy, and you've got this legacy of faith that from time to time you need to go back and touch base with. Maybe you've got some people in your life, a parent or a grandparent or a great-grandparent, somebody who has who's planted deep roots, and you're on the receiving end of this legacy of faith. And it builds your heart when you know, right, Jack? When you know that, that, man, God is at work and my dad would be proud if he could see me now. It builds your, your legacy of faith when you say, God is at work in my life and has been for generations. 
But I also know there are people in this room and you're breaking the mold in your family. Maybe you're the first generation Christ followers, at least in living memory in your family. And because you're breaking a chain, right, Annette? Because you're breaking a chain, you're laying new tracks that the people who run behind you can run on. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And Paul says to Timothy, he says, I want you to fan that into flame. So give me the next one, please. God hasn't given us this spirit of fear. For this reason, Paul says, verse six, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands for the spirit God gave us does not make us timid. It does not make us fearful. The spirit God gave us does not make us timid, but it gives us power and of love and self-discipline or a sound mind. Can I tell you something? I, I see sometimes in people, I, I see sometimes people who, who kind of reject the ways God made them because they don't understand what it would look like if it was baptized and soaked in the Spirit of God. You may be one of those people who has this stubborn streak that's a mile wide, and everybody thinks that you're just being hard to get along with. But in fact, you've got something that God planted in your heart about the way things ought to be, what's right and what's just not right. Well, if that's not baptized and soaked in the Holy Spirit, that could look like you just being a jerk. But if you were to offer that to the Lord and say, God, God, what did you put in me? That if it were imbued with your power, with your love, with your sound mind, could actually be part of seeing the world set free. Could be part of seeing people's chains broken and prison doors thrown wide. You may have something in your heart you may have something in your heart that looks like you are just so narcissistic, like you just always want your way, like you're entitled to something. Maybe that's something that God started to put in you, but it's not baptized or soaked in the Holy Spirit. And so it looks like you just wanting your way, like some selfish, childish brat that never grew up. When in fact, what God is wanting is for you somehow to say, all those things that you think you need to receive, honestly, you can only find fulfillment of those in me. Your wife can't do it. That porn channel you're watching can't do it either. That relationship that you don't belong in is never going to meet your needs. And the only way you're going to find that particular itch scratched in your heart is if you find it in me. The spirit God gives us is not a spirit that leads us into fear. Instead, it leads us, if we'll allow it to, to power in the Holy Spirit. And love, love for God and love for the people that God puts in my life. And love, honestly, for a lost and dying world that drives me to make sacrifices on behalf of what God is at work to do in my life. Power and love and the kind of self-discipline and sound mind that allows me to partner with God where he's at work. It's a powerful and beautiful thing. And then he says this, he says this, the next words, so don't be ashamed of the testimony about our Lord or of me as prisoner. Honestly, I think, I think shame is probably one of the defining uh, hallmark elements 
of what trips so many of us in the 21st century American church. I tried and I failed and I was embarrassed and I was ashamed. And so I'm not going to try anymore. I'm going to take that gift from God and I'm going to wrap it back up and I'm going to put it back on the shelf and I'm going to close those closet doors. Maybe I'll re-gift it someday. But worst case scenario, when Jesus comes back, I'll say to him, here's what you gave me. I still have it. Here it is. I'll give it back. That's not what God intended. God intended for me, for you. God intended us to use those gifts that he gave us to see this world changed with the gospel. Can I get an amen, Mo? Where are you, brother? Somebody's got to help me. Help the boy. I'm just saying. And so, and so he says, look, don't be ashamed. Instead, step out in faith with boldness because, because the, the spirit God gave us is a spirit that gives power and love. And if it sound mind, give me that next one, please. It says, Check this out. It's verse 9, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. He has saved us, and he has called us to this holy life, not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given to us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. My dad didn't give me that precious gift that I still cherish today. My dad didn't give me that because I earned it. He didn't give me that because I deserved it. He didn't give me that because I was a crack shot and I was going to be the next what? No. He gave me that because he loved me and he saw something in me and he wanted to call it out in me and he wanted to plant a seed in me that would grow into the planting of the Lord someday. And that's what God is at work to do in you. That's what God is at work to do in you. It, it is by grace that we've been saved. He saved us and called us to this holy life, not because we deserved it. Not because we showed great promise, but because of his, because, not because of anything we've done, but because of his own purpose and grace. He reached out to us. He saw something in you that you couldn't see in yourself, at least not yet. And he began to plant it in you, and he began to water it and tend it in you, knowing that there would come a time, and maybe it's today, Maybe it's today when you would say, in Jesus' name, I want to be free of the enemy's lies. In Jesus' name, I want to walk boldly into what God has for me. In Jesus' name, I want to receive it. I want to take hold of it. Give me that next one, please. And here's the power. Here's the power of what God says. It says here in, in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, Paul's talking about, he, say, he says, I know whom I have believed. I know him, and I'm convinced that he is able to keep, to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Can God be trusted? Can God be trusted with what he has planted in you? Or when you come to that transitional moment, are you going to throw in the towel and say, I don't know what's next? When you come to that you come to that crossroads in your heart, in your mind, in your career, in your family. Are you just, just going to go with your own best guess? No, Lord, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to trust you with what's next. And then he goes on and he says, here's how. Give me that next one. He says, here's the thing, Timothy, verse 14. I want you to guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Because you need to have skin in the game. 
You need, to, you need to own what it is that the Lord has placed in your life. I've had the opportunity this morning already to pray with people for whom honestly the enemy has been speaking pretty loudly. Speaking about deaths and suicides and disease and tests and fears. And Paul says to Timothy, my son in the faith, my brother, guard this good deposit. Guard it with all your heart. Join with God. One of our favorite theologians, Henry Blackaby, says, find where God is at work and join him there. Find where God is at work in your heart, what God has uniquely placed in you. And then go to him with open hands and an open heart and say, Lord, in Jesus' name, if you're, if you're giving me this gift, I just want you to know I'm willing to receive it. If you're calling me into this place, Lord, I want you to know I'm willing to go with you. Guard this good deposit with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. Let me invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes with me for a minute. Let me invite you into a heart that would say, speak, Lord, your servant, your son is listening. Your daughter is listening. And the Lord may speak something into your heart that's very counterintuitive to what you've been experiencing lately. The Lord may speak rest to your weariness. That's a word for one brother. The, the Lord may speak, the Lord may speak mercy for mourning. That's a word to one of my sisters here. The Lord may speak hope into a suicidal moment that seems hopeless and helpless. That's a word to one of my friends here today. The Lord may, you hear what I'm saying? The Lord may speak counterintuitively to your heart. And precious ones, while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, let me just plead with you not to leave the gift unopened. Not to just say, oh, that's good, that helped me. That, that was good, that, that helped my heart today. Now, hopefully I can live a better week this next week. No, no. You take what God gave you and you bring it to the altar. You bring it to the altar and you show it to the Lord. Lord, I don't deserve this. And see if the Lord won't say, I know, but I love you. You bring what the Lord gave you to the altar. And you say, Lord, this is, this is too much for me. This is too good. I don't deserve this. And hear the Lord say, I know, but you matter to me. Here's what you need to know. You matter to me. Maybe you bring it to the altar and you say, Lord, are you sure this word isn't for someone else? So that you can hear the Lord say, no, I just want you to receive this. This is for you. And having received it, then and only then can you pass it on to someone else who needs to hear that same word. Would you stand with me? And Lord, in Jesus' name, we just want to confess to you, Lord, we're listening. We know our need of you. Lord, we're listening for what you want to say. Lord, we're listening for where you want to heal. Lord, we're watching. We're fixing our eyes on you and we're fixing our minds on you. And we're fixing our hearts on you. Lord, 
And we just invite you, I invite you, Lord, to speak because your sons and your daughters, your servants, we're listening. Oh, precious ones, I've got friends who want to pray with you. I've got friends who want to walk the journey with you. Jason would, Jack would, my, my friend Jackie would, Paul would. There's so many people who would love to walk the journey with you. Maybe, maybe there's a moment in your life and you need, you need to be anointed with oil to kind of draw a line in the sand and, and, and make, a, make a marked difference, whatever the case may be. Now's your time.